Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.com forward slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. to episode 28 of We Went Blues, the podcast. Barrett Jackman and myself, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. We've got a good podcast for you today. Barrett uh, was talking to you earlier today, and we decided we want to do something kind of offbeat, uh, give fans and listeners a little behind the scenes to what the players do in their free time. I was at Blues practice uh, today, and, uh, you know, the players are taking off their gear, they're jumping in the shower, they're grabbing their car keys, and you know, it's only noon. What does a 22, 25, 28-year-old uh, NHL player do when they leave the rink? We also want to give a brief recap of the road trip. It wasn't a good one for the for the Blues, and we'll hear from Craig Berube. Uh, the Blues have a five-game homestand coming up. Also, some World Junior conversation to talk about. I'm glad I didn't place any bets with uh, Barrett Jackman. Uh, so lots to talk about, Barrett, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of the... Uh... Dog days of the season here, uh, you know, coming into January, it's 2020, and um, there's a lot of uh, hockey being played, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, things that are kind of going on, so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just the day-to-day and, and get some perspective on what these guys are thinking and what they're doing uh, uh, in their free time. Yeah, so let's get to it. I, uh, you know, been wondering this for years, actually. This is my 15th year covering the Blues, and I don't get too, you know, caught up in, in what the players do. You know, I come and do my job, they do their job, and and then uh, they head off. But, you know, the more you think about it, it is noon on a Monday, and, you know, I know a lot of these younger players uh, go off and play their video games, and the married guys, you know, probably have some obligations, family stuff they've got to do. Uh, but just figured I'd uh, talk to you, who was around a NHL locker room your entire life, and you know what you did and, and what some of your teammates did. So so what's it like? You pull out of the parking lot, you know, it's 1230 on a Monday. Where are you headed if you're uh, brand new to the NHL? Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... You know, it's it's different on different days, but uh, you know, a lot of the routines for these guys is is rest and recovery. So, um, I know a lot of the younger guys will uh, will go home, maybe get a nap in for uh, for an hour, just to uh, you know, after uh, a workout at the rink and and a, a tough practice. So they'll go and get uh, a little bit of rest. And um, nowadays they have uh, 
they have lunch at the rink and, and they have nutritionists and all that. So they have some healthy food and, and some good food. So you're not, uh, you know, waiting two hours to, to go home and make yourself something or go to a restaurant. So uh, a lot of these guys will, will eat at the rink. They'll go home, maybe take a little nap and then, uh, you know the uh, you know depending on your age and and you know your family obligations. Uh, some guys will be playing video games and other guys will be uh, <laughs> you know tending to the uh, you know hoping the the newborn babies are are having a nap or uh, you know you're starting to change diapers or or being a, a human jungle gym for uh, for some of the younger kids. <laughs> I'm not a video game player, but it sounds a lot better than the the latter there. <laughs> yeah um you know some of the older guys would like to play video games and some of the younger guys would like to have a little bit something more uh going on than video games but uh yeah it's all uh you know it, it kind of gets uh monotonous after a while of uh you know a game and then recovery and game and recovery so uh it, it's nice having family it's nice having some friends especially around uh, uh the holidays and uh friends and family and uh, so, you know, guys are doing different things and, uh, and a lot of the other uh, younger guys kind of hang out, uh, on an everyday basis. So they're, they're having some good times They're making memories and, uh, you know, ribbing each other, playing video games or, or ping pong or, or whatever they have at the, at their homes. Let's touch on a couple of these things that you brought up. First of all, uh, the nutrition, the eating of lunch. It seems like it's changed a lot over the years uh, since I've been standing outside locker rooms. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, a decade or more ago, uh, you guys would just fend for yourself in terms of uh, picking up lunch on the way home or eating at home. But you're right. Like right outside the Blues locker room down at Enterprise Center, I mean, there is basically a gourmet, healthy meal waiting for the players to come out of the locker room. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with let's get them fed as soon as practice is over. But also, Barrett, I got to believe that it's it's a lot for convenience as well yeah it's convenience and sometimes uh you know you have to make healthy choices for the younger guys just you know just to teach them too so uh you might have a robert thomas that you know in his in his junior days he might uh you know leave right from the rink and and maybe go uh you know hit up mcdonald's or or uh you know maybe make some some poor convenient choices so uh, just teaching them about nutrition and having food and, and that ready for them uh you know after games is uh is probably the best thing and you know i know when i first started in the league the uh liquid lunches were uh were very common where you're, you're going you're having a few beers with with the boys and that was always fun and and uh uh, you know, I love the, the bonding experience, it, but, uh, you know, a lot of these younger guys, just the, the way that the game is now and it's bigger, faster, stronger that, uh, you know, the liquid lunches aren't, uh, uh, you, you aren't able to do that, uh, you know, on an everyday or, or every other day, uh, basis. Barrett, uh, these players, as you know, uh, once they, they do get changed and they grab their stuff, they, uh, they head out to the parking lot and, you know, that's a gated lot out here at, uh, Centene and, I got to tell you, it's a nice uh, collection of cars. You know, just how much uh, do the players get into their cars? Obviously, you get to a point in your life there where making NHL money, uh, you can afford it. Uh, so you jump in, in your ride and you pull out of there, and boy, do they look like they're uh, in style there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. You go around to different ranks. Uh, you know, Dallas was always a fun one to go to, L.A., uh, Anaheim, and 
you know, you see a lot of these guys spending their money and it, it all depends on the, uh, uh, the environment you're in. But, uh, you know, the, the blues have always been pretty simple, uh, uh, with the vehicles that, uh, guys are driving, but you do see, uh, you know, the odd Bentley or, or, uh, uh, you know, something fancy, but, uh, I was always a very simple, uh, you know, truck or suburban and, uh, you know, keeping it simple. But today I was leaving the rink. I was there for, uh, few minutes after my my tune-up skate for the alumni game uh, at 7 30 this morning and, and saw O'Reilly's car a little bit dirty I almost put 10 bucks on his windshield and uh, uh, left him a note to say uh, here's a few bucks to maybe get your car washed <laughs> yeah what kind is that that is sharp looking uh, I believe that's a Bentley a nice uh, green one matte green it's uh, uh, definitely an MVP uh, you know calendar or, or caliber uh, vehicle for uh, for a pretty uh, pretty good player. It sure is. Uh, you know, going back, I remember one of your former uh, teammates, Danny Hino, wasn't he notorious? He uh, held on to that Dodge Durango for a long time. Yeah, he uh, he was taught by uh, Sean Podine, who had, uh, uh, I think he had a forerunner that broke down every other uh, road trip. So uh, <laughs> Big Walt would uh, would give him shit all the time and, and threaten to, to buy him a new vehicle. And uh, Paul Correa held on to a vehicle too. I think he had a bet with uh, Timo Solani that he couldn't drive his uh, his uh, Lexus for you know ten years, and and Paulie Paulie K definitely uh, won that bet. And I'm not sure uh, if Solani was going to give up one of his fancy cars uh, if he lost the bet. But <laughs> yeah, you know, different guys are are you know kind of you know different styles, and it, it, it's fun to to make fun of guys. Uh, who are buying new vehicles maybe after a new contract and give them shit for spending all their money in one place and uh, but yeah it's uh, you know it's just one of those things that uh, um, you know guys guys are are definitely they're making more money and, and they're rewarding themselves with uh, with some of their toys so they're in their uh, nice cars and they're headed off where uh, we touched on it earlier but uh, let's break it down a little bit some are off to play golf I'm sure if it's a nice day I remember TJ Oshie and Kevin Shattenkirk were always uh, hitting the links uh, you know back in your day they were probably hitting the mall I don't know that anybody does that anymore but uh, you know you could be off anywhere uh, what do you do if you're if you're doing something outside you know you're staying away from the the tv and the couch uh, you know a lot of the guys have kind of different things going on with uh, with charitable uh, uh, obligations um, you know you know a guy might be going to a, a dog shelter or, uh, you know, I know O'Reilly has a lot of different things going on. So, you know, I, I think he spends some of his time just, you know, kind of doing some things that a lot of people don't know about, uh, uh, you know, a boys and girls club or, or things like that. So, you know, some of the guys are, are taking advantage of their free time and, and, you know, staying away from the couch and uh, just kind of getting out in the community. And, and, you know, some guys are adventurous too. So, uh, some guys might go out and, and see some sites, uh, you know, like the Arch or uh, the new aquarium downtown. And, you know, it, it, it's funny to see some of these guys run in, in just random places. But, you know, some guys do take advantage of the city and, and, and try and, uh, you know, experience the most of it. Yeah. And then uh, as you get older, Barrett, obviously things change. Uh, you know, myself, uh, 44 years old, I had kids in like my uh, early to mid 30s and, and life changes. Like you said earlier, all of a sudden you're, you're changing diapers. Uh, do the young guys give the older guys uh, grief about that, that they, they can't go out and hang out and have fun? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? A lot of those younger guys wish they had, uh, you know, some uh, responsibilities away from the uh, the rink. But uh, you know, T.J. Oshie and Kevin Shattenkirk uh, and uh, uh, Chris Porter. A lot of those guys used to come over to the house and and you know play some uh, hockey in the basement with my son. And uh, I, I know when I was uh, first getting in the league, I used to spend a lot of time over at uh, Dougie's uh, Dougie Wade's house with his his family. And you know, it, it's fun to you know to to be with those older guys and experience their life and and uh you know the younger guys miss miss their families and and miss uh you know having having that comfort of home so uh you know a lot of guys will older guys will invite the young guys for dinner and and their wives will cook and uh but yeah there's there's different things that uh, you know the guys are spending more time together with the younger and older guys and and uh younger guys are getting a a big taste of uh reality of of what uh, the next stage of the life is going to be I got to admit it here. Uh, I was glad to have kids because uh, I couldn't hang anymore. I couldn't do what I did in my uh, early 20s. And at least you get to use the kids as an excuse. <laughs> you always use your kids as an excuse. Uh, you know, I, I find myself now you get invited, uh, you know, different dinners and, uh, you know, going out places and maybe having a few drinks. And, yeah, I always say that, uh, yeah, no, can't do it. I got practice tonight or, or uh, you know, I got uh, school play or gymnastics. So. <laughs> It is, uh, it's an easy uh, out when uh, somebody wants you to go out and, uh, you know, have a wild night. Yeah. Hey, you know, the day-to-day stuff that uh, all of us uh, have time to do, you know, uh, change oil in your car or get it changed uh, somewhere, just pay the bills. You know, I doubt that anybody does a checkbook uh, these days uh, anymore, but you got to stay on top of that type of stuff. And obviously these professional athletes, uh, yourself included over the years, you're dealing with a lot much, uh, a lot more money. Um, you know, than the average person, you can have people take care of that stuff. But there are still uh, routines and, and things that you have to be responsible for. You know, where do you find the time? I mean, you know, people turn on the TV and they see the Blues are playing or they know that they're practicing. But you guys do a lot of the hospital visits, a lot of the charity stuff, a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know. Where do you find time to do those daily things? I would assume uh, perhaps a little bit after practice like we're talking about here. Yeah, lots of times it's that, uh, you know, final notice <laughs> that gets guys attention and but, uh, yeah when you're on the road uh, um, you know for 10 days you come back for a couple and then you, you leave uh, you know it, it seems like you're sitting down in front of the computer you're you're taking care of all the uh, the house stuff and, and I was real lucky having an amazing wife that uh, you know really uh, you know stayed on top of that stuff and, and took care of me and in, in, you know in all those different ways but uh, um, yeah, there, there's, there's some guys that maybe have their agent, uh, you know, get all the bills sent to them and they take care of it. But there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, are very on top and very organized to, to get their, uh, their stuff done when they have, uh, you know, the one or two days, uh, you know, not on the road. They actually have their agents take care of that stuff, huh? Hey, you know what? If you're paying them that much, yeah, uh, they should be doing something. <laughs> Did you ever see any uh, final notices? Did anybody have one, you know, slip out of their backpack or anything? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't think of any uh, right now, but I'm sure something will uh, come to mind. I know there's a couple of guys that, uh, uh, you know, back in the day when the you, know, you actually get the physical check in your in your stall, and you know, some guys would would have three or four, and and then they finally uh, hit the bank or 
uh, you know, somebody from the front office from accounting would call and, and <laughs> be like, okay, it's been three months since you cashed that one check. So you better, uh, <laughs> we'll issue another one. And, and if you, you've lost it, you'll, uh, uh, you know, you, you got to figure it out. Yeah. I remember that with uh, David Prine and you probably recall that too. Uh, he wasn't cashing his checks because he didn't have a social security number and somebody finally had to take him out to get that social security. But uh, I think he had four or five checks uh, stacked up in his uh, sock drawer. Yeah, lots of times it's a learning experience. Uh, you know, you come out of junior and, you know, you're living with a billet family and everything's taken care of. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, David Perron's 19 years old or 18 years old playing with the Blues and, and uh, making a, you know, a much different paycheck. So uh, th- there's so many things that, uh, you know, young guys are, are especially, the, you know, the younger the league is, there there's a lot of things that they kind of get thrust into and, and they got to be big boys right away. And, um, you know, not everybody is a, a Robert Thomas and can live with uh, with Big Walt and <laughs> and have Chantel Kachuk uh, cooking all your meals and and you know paying the bills and uh, living uh, you know rent free in uh, in a uh, you know a, a potential Hall of Famer's uh, you know basement mansion. Yeah, mansion. I've been over to that place. Uh, that's nice. So you're saying that maybe we know why Robert Thomas is playing so well is because he doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff with Chantel over there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm sure the hockey talk from uh, from Big Walt and uh, Taryn is uh, uh, probably keeping them, uh, you know, kind of on the straight and narrow and, and playing some uh, some pretty good hockey. Hey, one last thing to uh, to wrap up this part of the uh, episode here is: uh, Do you think that teams, general managers, Doug Armstrong, they have to worry less about players today in their free time? It just seems like uh, back in the day, uh, who knows what could happen with some of the characters uh, who you played with? Uh, but today, it just seems like they're a little bit more straight laced. Uh, you think that worry is still there? Yeah, there's, there's always those worries. There, there's different, uh, you know, issues that, that are around. You get the social media now, so, you know, most of the young guys are buried in their phones and sitting on their couch checking Instagram and Snapchat and whatever other, uh, you know, social media outlets there are. But, um, yeah, there, there's always things that the GMs are, are trying to stay on top of. And uh, even the NHL security, there's, there's meetings uh, – you know, probably a couple of times a, a year to uh, educate the the younger players and the older players on on the different uh, threats to uh, to your career, your you know your uh, your personal life, and um, whether it's hackers or uh, just inappropriate things on uh, social media or how to conduct yourself off the ice. There, there's always updates to to try and keep the uh, you know the team and the players uh, you know safe and, and out of trouble. Somehow you stayed clean. I was never able to write a Barrett Jackman got in trouble for this story any of those years. No social media uh, until <laughs> you you kind of forced me to, and uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty lax on that. But yeah, you know, I always had great people around me, uh, brought up uh, the right way, and uh, the older guys were always really good at uh, um, you know making sure that the the young guys were were taken care of and and knew how to conduct themselves uh, you know in and out of the the public eye. Good stuff, Barrett. Good stuff. Well, we want to do a brief recap of the uh, road trip. Don't want to spend too much time on this because it is what it is, frankly, uh, Barrett. You're going to go through uh, stretches where you don't play good hockey. And uh, the Blues certainly did not on that road trip. 0-2-1 losses in regulation to Arizona and Colorado. Of course, the OT loss to Vegas. That one is probably the one that stings the most. You're up 3 nothing 
on the Golden Knights. But big picture here as we just touch on this uh, road trip before we look ahead, uh, defensive coverage issues. You played without Colton Pareko in Vegas. That changes things, but even in Colorado. So it seems if you were going to point to one thing on this road trip, it would be uh, that coverage. Yeah, coverage, uh, you know, just not managing the puck very well. Uh, you know, I think in the Vegas game, I just watched a lot of the uh, the video over, and uh, there was a lot of uh, zone entries that, uh, you know, instead of getting the puck deep, guys were trying to beat, uh, you know, three or four guys and, and you know, just kind of getting the old uh, – uh, you know, the, the easy breakout for, uh, for Vegas. So, uh, puck management, uh, you know, just not hard enough in front of, uh, the net. You look at the first three goals by Vegas and it was all, uh, you know, rebounds with three or four of the blues players, uh, against three or four of the, the Knights players. And, uh, they just won the battle. So, uh, just being tougher in front, uh, and tougher all around. There was a lot of kind of past hits, uh, that uh, you know weren't thrown, and uh, the Blues' identity is being that the big physical team that uh, is going to wear you down. And I, I just don't think I've seen it on this road trip uh, enough. And and uh, you know, hopefully against San Jose, that uh, you know they're going to be you know get back to that identity and and be the tougher uh, um, you know you know working a little bit harder and and you know just outwilling the uh, the opposition. Barrett Jackman says the Blues needed to be a lot harder around the net. That sounds a lot like what Craig Bruby had to say today. Uh, they've been game to game here for the last three games. Uh, you know, last game we weren't very strong at our net. That's one, you know, and it's on everybody. Every uh, person in the locker room is not on one guy or two guys. It's everybody. As, as good as you guys have played, does this kind of show you how, what a fine line there is between winning and losing in this game? You know, you've won all these games, and then a couple things slip, and and you well, that's yeah, one. yeah. It's hard. Like it's a tough league, and you gotta you know pay attention to details every game. You know, and if you don't, you end up losing. And Barrett uh, Colton Preco was on the ice today, partnered with uh, Jay Bowmeister, his regular partner. But afterwards, uh, Craig Bruby said that uh, he didn't know if Colton Preco. Uh, would be in the lineup Tuesday against San Jose, upper body injury. But the good news is Carl Gunnarsson appears like uh, he's going to be back. Uh, so perhaps Gunnarsson steps in that spot. Uh, but as we saw in the Vegas game without Colton Pareko, that's a big hole. Yeah, it changes the dynamic. Uh, you put a kid in Wallman that plays his first game and uh, just didn't look comfortable. And uh, Pareko is he, he's one of the best defenders in the uh, in the league with how big and strong and uh, that long, uh, long stick and just the way he can skate. So, uh, you take, uh, you know, a guy like that out of the lineup, a lot of guys have to step up and, uh, you know, I think they were just, uh, uh, you know, just not used to, you know, playing, uh, with the partners that they had. And then, uh, you know, with Wallman just, you know, being so, so, and, and not playing many minutes, that's, uh, uh, it, it changes everything for the, uh, for the entire, uh, back end. So the Blues will begin a five-game homestand at Enterprise Center on Tuesday, uh, Jax, and it's going to start off with the San Jose Sharks. This is a rematch of last year's uh, Western Conference Final. The Blues, on their way to the Stanley Cup Final, uh, beat the Sharks after losing in the Conference Final a few years ago to San Jose. And, boy, the Sharks have really fallen off 19-21-4. That's 13th in the West right now, 26th in the NHL. What the heck has happened to the Sharks? 
I, I think they've lost a lot of their uh, identity. I think Pavelski was that big of a uh, a leader on that team, and um, you know that Carlson signing doesn't look all that great. To, um, you know, spending that much money on those two D men and Burns and Carlson is uh, uh, is kind of tough because those guys aren't having the years that they they typically do, and. Um, you know, I think just their, you know, their whole makeup is, is different and, and kind of seems like it's a, a little bit cloudy of, of how they want to play. And, uh, you know, they, they were always that, uh, you know, fast, uh, skilled team and, um, and, but they had, you know, a good mix of, of guys that played the, uh, the game the right way. And I, uh, I think with Thornton getting getting older, and then uh, uh, Marlowe's coming back, but he's still uh, he's still a great player, but he is older too. So I just don't think that they have the uh, the identity that they they've had for the last uh, seven or eight years. It's hard to say about a team that was in the conference finals uh, just uh, last year, but do you think that they should have blown this up a few years ago? You know, Pavelski finally leaves, uh, Marlowe left and came back, Thornton getting up there, he's now 40 years old, we'll touch on him in, in just a minute. So again, they made it to the conference finals, but it just seems like, you know, you watch what Doug Armstrong has done over the years, and he's kind of changed out that core while the Blues continued to have success over a five, six, seven year uh, period. It just seems like uh, the Sharks milked it for as long as they could. And, and now in hindsight, maybe uh, they could have retooled a little sooner. Yeah, you know, you, you look at Thornton himself, uh, you know, he could have went to a contender and, and maybe got a draft pick or something that, you know, stocked the cupboard a little bit. But um, yeah, there's just a few different kind of question marks that, you know, are you really going to, you know, for the next eight years pay uh, Carlson that much money and, and then, you know, take away some of the, uh, you know, the younger D-men that are coming up, uh, uh, you know, their position, or, or you go out and get a 7 or $8 million defenseman and then be able to spend up front. Uh, uh, Couture and Hurdle are, are good players that uh, aren't really – I know uh, Hurdle's not having as big a year as he, he did, but – uh, there's just uh, you know just kind of the the loss of identity and uh, I, I think they should have uh, you know possibly made some moves to you know get a little bit younger and and you know have a, a new core like you uh, like you said can't remember if you and I have talked about this or not but uh, how things could have been different years ago if a trade had gone through uh, between the Blues and the San Jose Sharks you know I got this from a couple different sources uh, but the Blues uh, were trying to move TJ Oshie and also uh, Kevin Shattenkirk at the time and the deal uh, that I heard was Oshie and Shattenkirk uh, to San Jose for hurdle and I believe it was the first round pick number nine or ten somewhere in there they eventually took uh, Timu Meyer. Uh, so who knows who would have, the Blues would have gotten with that pick. But uh, eventually, Oshie went to uh, Washington in the trade for Brower. And then Shattenkirk also goes to uh, Washington for Sanford in the first-round pick. Uh, but uh, this happens all the time in the NHL. Deals fall through. This one fell through. But could have been a lot different uh, situation for both teams. Yeah, those uh... – you know, there's some some great names on both sides, so uh, you never know what uh, what could have been. And uh, there is a lot of deals that are kind of you know put on the table, and maybe a GM is uh, second guessing and pulls out uh, last minute, or or just uh, you know just the the makeup of the team kind of changes. So um, yeah, Hurdle and Meyer are both uh, some you know pretty good players, and um, you know you kind of look at. Uh, you know what what we uh we got for ocean and uh shaddy and um you know you 
you wonder if uh, the the hurdle in, in Meyer would have been, uh, uh, you know, better or, or worked out different. But you know, that's here or there, and uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know what uh, you know hurdle uh, continues to do in Meyer as well. And uh, but uh, the Blues got a Stanley Cup, so we're we're happy. Bear, this is where people are sitting at work listening to the podcast tonight or tomorrow, and they're saying, "Hey, Jeremy, follow up and ask Barrett what other deals that he heard uh, fell through over the years." <laughs> <laughs> oh geez there's uh there's there's a few it, it, it's funny how uh you know lots of times the uh you know those deals don't really trickle down in the in the dressing room uh, uh i think gms are really good at, at being tight-lipped and you know if if you try and make a trade and uh that deal doesn't uh you know materialize you don't want the, a player to know that you know their name was uh was in a deal so you know, you get the hockey insiders that, uh, you know, hear a little bit more about what goes on, but uh, the players are, are kind of uh, worried about what happens on the ice, and uh, and uh, that's, uh, you know, more of the job, and I, I didn't really get into the, uh, uh, you know, front office stuff. Sorry, everybody, I tried, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Jumbo Thornton, uh, before we move on to the final uh, part of the show here, uh, talk about him. You played against him uh, a ton, and here he's still 40 years old. Or now he's 40 years old and uh, not producing much now, just one goal uh, this season. I think he's 17, 18 points, something like that, but uh, still phenomenal that he's still playing. Yeah, he he's had an amazing career for you know 1,600 games, and uh, to be as dominant as he uh, he was, uh, you know, even just a couple of years ago, uh, probably one of the best passers uh, uh, to ever play the game, and, and for him to use his body and uh, his strength to show the puck and his vision, uh, you know, was pretty amazing. So, um, you know, he's he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, I, I doubt he's going to win a cup. Uh, you know, I, I could be wrong in that, but. You know he's uh, he's definitely uh, you know a guy that is uh, you know a, a big man with some some great uh, great touch and a lot of guys a lot of teams uh, would have loved to to have him play for their team. What's he like on the ice? Uh, we hear him off the ice and he's kind of a different bird. But uh, on the ice, does he talk a lot? Does he chirp? What does he do? Uh, not a lot. I remember the one time actually when I was playing for Nashville. Uh, uh, it was kind of in his face uh, the, the whole uh, playoff series against them right before uh, they beat us in seven and then went on uh, to play the Blues in the uh, the Western Conference Finals. But, um, you know, I, I had him. I, he uh, gave me a couple cheap shots, and then I, I gave him one back, and then he uh, – uh, he. Uh, you know, lifted his stick into uh, into my groin. Ouch! And, uh, that uh, that didn't feel too good, but uh, I didn't let him know it and uh, stared him down. And he he kind of had that oh shit look in his face. <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't really talk a lot. Uh, yeah, he he might. Uh, uh, say a few things, but he, he's not he's not a guy that's uh, uh, going to get in the war of words uh, like a Steve Ott. You sound like Bobby there, uh, your, uh, your idol there, when you say you never let the other guy know it. He does something to you, and I can hear Bobby say it as you were saying it there, is that you don't let him know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, it, you, know, you learn a lot from, uh, from Bobby. You get knocked down, you get right back up, and uh, you, know, you try not to wince. You, you try not to show that the, uh, the other person gets the, uh, the best of you, but um, you always got to have that mental game in your uh, in your pocket, and uh, Bobby is one of the best at it. 
Well, let's wrap up with uh, some World Junior Championship talk. Congratulations. Uh, Team Canada wins 4-3 to three over the Russians. We want to tell you why the final was good news for the St. Louis Blues. That's because uh, each team, both Canada and Russia, had a prospect in the Blues organization. Uh, we'll touch on Nikita Alexandrov first. He was the second-round pick in 2019. He scores in the 4-3 loss to Canada in the gold medal game. Uh, Barrett, he played seven games in the tournament, two goals, six assists, a terrific showing for Alexandrov. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a big stage. Uh, a lot of Americans don't really follow uh, this tournament, but um, you have some of the best uh, best players uh, that are 18, 19, uh, some 16, 17-year-olds, but uh, some undrafted. But there's a lot of first and second round uh, draft picks uh, uh, that are in this tournament. So you really get to see your prospects matched up against uh, the best players in the world at that age group. And, um, you know, there's a lot of GMs. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, scouts uh, that are there and uh, to have Alexandrov play the way that he did in that big of a stage is uh, uh, looks good for the Blues. And, and when can you, I know it's difficult, but uh, you know, could, you could have a Robert Thomas who plays in the tournament, you know, he leaves the Blues to go play in the tournament and then come back, but you can have another uh, player, European, Russian, who maybe you don't see him for two or three years. What do you think the rhyme or reason is to uh, when a guy like Alexandrov could be ready for the Blues? Uh, it, it's all kind of uh, circumstance. Uh, you know, a lot of the Russian players, they get to play in the uh, the KHL. They're making a lot of money, um, and and it's a little bit better league for, for a young guy. They're not going to get hit as much. They're going to work on their skill. They're going to work on their vision and, and see what pro hockey is like. So for a Russian player to come over and, uh, you know, maybe play in the American League, it's not as enticing until they're a little bit older and they think they have a better shot of making the NHL. But, uh, you know, some of the other, uh, you know, uh, Europeans too, it's, you know, the, the, you know, the comfort of leaving home, maybe at 18, you're not ready to come over yet, but uh, maybe at 20 or 21. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, this tournament is really good for, for kids to, you know, see where they match up and then, you know, maybe make decisions from there too. Yeah, it's a real good point about the Russians. They're not going to come over and play in the American League where, you know, maybe a Canadian or somebody else would. So uh, maybe a little bit longer before we see uh, a player like him, but uh, we'll find out. I know he's already in uh, North America because he's playing in the North American League. Uh, the big story is uh, Joel Hofer. He was the Canadian goalie who stepped in and just played phenomenally after uh, getting into the starters net. 5-0, and a 1.60 goals against, and a 9.39 save percentage, one shutout. Barrett, he stops 139 of 148 shots and, you know, named to the uh, all-tournament team, uh, was one of their all-stars. What a showing for Joel Hofer, who I know the Blues scouts were really high on, and he's played well since he's been drafted, uh, but they were just hoping for him to get into the net, much less play the way he did. Yeah, uh, he was a guy. So the the, uh, the way that the Canadians run their program, they have a summer evaluation camp, and they might you know uh, bring in 40, uh, 40 players, and they'll play some you know just some scrimmages and and kind of get a lot of their guys that are on their radar together just for uh, team building and and to see how they uh, they match up against each other. So I know Hoffer didn't even go to the uh, to the summer camp, and he uh, he played so well at the beginning of the season that he had the opportunity uh, to be one of the you know I think four goaltenders that went to the uh, uh, the tryouts right before the tournament started. And for him to to battle and not be on the radar and and you know 
just kind of had a chip on his shoulder and wanted to to uh, get noticed and and go in there. He took his opportunity and he, he ran with it. And he he has a lot of uh, you know kind of quotes and and uh, just can comparisons to to Bennington when he when he speaks that uh, you know he he watched the the Blues play last year and what Bennington did and and you know kind of takes him as uh, inspiration. So that's uh, that's a good sign for uh, Blues fans and the uh, uh, the Blues front office uh, staff. I got a tweet after Canada won gold yesterday and somebody was asking, what does this mean in terms of the big picture for the Blues goaltending? Does a guy like Hofer uh, step over uh, Willie Huso, who's the, the Blues prospect uh, in the American Hockey League right now? And, you know, I realize there's a difference between uh, depth charts and prospect lists. You know, if you're talking about the Blues third goalie right now on the depth chart, it's Willie Huso. That's the guy who would come up and see some time. Uh, in terms of pro- prospect list does Hofer jump over Huso I don't think so yet I think it's a situation uh, where uh, Huso's got the experience so Hofer's gonna have to you know continue this it's a great foundation a great start he catapulted himself you know up on the the Blues radar uh, with the way he played but obviously he's gonna have to uh, turn pro and 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 really continue to uh, to play this way uh, to climb up that depth chart yeah the uh, you know goalies are different Kind of a different scenario. They're they're a different breed, but they're also uh, you know different development. Um, you know they they need to uh, you know play at every level. They they need to kind of step up slowly. And and you know there's not many uh, 19, 20 year old goaltenders that can step into the NHL and and uh, and and make a difference. So um, just continue to play the way he is in the uh, Western Hockey League, and then uh, you know maybe step up into the American League next year and and uh, have those stepping stones and and get the experience episode 28 of we went blues is in the books barrett you know what that means it means you have some free time now what are you going to do with that free time (laughs) i am going to go straight to uh, the school and pick up uh, my kids and take my daughter to gymnastics and uh, find something to occupy my uh, my son for a couple hours Listen to this. You know what? You knew I was going to ask you to go do something, uh, to go hang out, and you're using the kids as an excuse, like you said earlier. <laughs> well, you probably still have the Vegas hangover, so I figured you'd be napping right about now. Yeah, yeah, we're still sweating a little bit here, but uh, no, likewise, going to pick up the kids. So, uh, no, good uh, conversation, fun to talk about the players off the ice. Uh, that's one area that I know uh, Blues fans always like to hear about. So hopefully a little bit informative there in terms of what the Blues do when they leave uh, practice. Well, thanks, Barrett. Uh, We appreciate you guys for listening to episode 28 of We Went Blues. You can subscribe to The Athletic. This is a free podcast, but the one on Friday, uh, you have to be an Athletic member. So we hope uh, you can or you can tell your friends to go sign up to The Athletic and and hear uh, We Went Blues on a regular basis. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.